when you see yourself at the top, what do you picture? Where are you standing and who is standing next to you? The goals and dreams you have for yourself are the most powerful things that you can envision and most can picture the dream. My conversation today is with a young man who's had his parents, even his uncle and his grandfather, his coaches, standing right next to him along the entire journey into his final year playing at Michigan State. Welcome to At The Podium. Hello again, and welcome to At The Podium with Manuel Mesqua. I'm a financial advocate, a CEO, a father, a husband, and as all of you know, one of the most massive sports fans, especially in the great state of Michigan. I'm obsessed with encouraging people to dream and attack their unique vision for their life, to make the sacrifices that are required and maintain the discipline it takes. I built this podcast to share the stories of some of the highest performers in college, pros, or the business world. And we take those bite-sized lessons and share those with you to help you get closer to your hopes and dreams. Folks, today my guest is Nick Samak, native, another Ohio native, Menor, Ohio. Nick Ascended is one of the top offensive guards in the country out of high school, eventually signing his letter of intent with Michigan State and Coach D'Antonio's coaching staff. In his 22 campaign, Nick recorded 12 starts in an offensive leading 803 snaps. This guy is built to win. No snaps off. He'll return this final season at Michigan State, and he's ready to tackle all the unfinished business from last season and get ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I love hearing Nick talk about his upbringing, his family, his years in Menor, Ohio, the folks who've been mentors and advocates of his along the way. And I know you're really going to enjoy our conversation. Nick, man, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it. It's my first podcast. In a gold mic, you can't beat that. <laughs> the first one. So I'm excited to be here. I'm really glad that you made time today to share your story with our listeners. Obviously, as you know, I've got a really, really big place in my heart that's absolutely consumed about Michigan State. Ever since my family and I moved from Chicago in 2017 to Michigan, it just just became absolutely obsessed with so many stories of success and greatness and such incredible legacies on this campus. Focusing on Michigan State football this season for the show has been a lot of fun, and so I'm really glad you're with us. I want to unpack three specific timeframes in your life. I want to talk about your childhood a little bit today, what inspired you to play football at such a high level. Then I want to begin to unpack the transition from high school to college and your your life here these last several years at Michigan State. And lastly, we absolutely want to talk about the future and we want to unpack those dreams and share those with the listeners today. Going back to your childhood, hailing from Menor, Ohio, talk to me about your greatest childhood memory when you absolutely knew I'm playing football for the rest of my life. This might make some of my teammates upset, but Ohio is the greatest state to play high school football. <laughs> I will say that. Let's get that out of the air real quick. The biggest thing is I've been playing football since I was seven. My dad was my youth football coach. So I was a running back back in the day, 200 pounds ago. So that was probably the biggest thing. I just loved hitting people. 
Oh, I didn't know I was always going to play college football, but I enjoyed it and I wanted to run with it for as long as I could. And I'm still going. I didn't know that your father was your first coach. My uncle was the defensive coach as well. Oh. <laughs> Family of football. <laughs> and my grandfather coached with them. I love this story. What was it like learning the game of football from your father and your uncle? I think it was huge for me because they pushed me. They gave me the tough love, but they also showed me what it's like to love football. When I first started, I was just playing. I was excited to get out of practice with my dad. So obviously him <laughs> coaching me, he had to be tough on me just like everybody else. Couldn't play a favorite. It was a great experience with them. And my dad loves football. He records all my games. He still watches them probably every other day. Dad, I love you. It was awesome. I know you've got a great relationship with your mother. Talk to me. What, what was it like in your house with your two siblings and your mom, with your dad and your uncle being your coach? My mom was always the one that I had my bad days. I'd go to her because my dad <laughs> would be tough on me. But my brother, actually, he's older than me. He's 25 now. Just had his daughter, my niece, Myla, shout out. He was always the football guy in the family. So I was really following my brother's footsteps. But my dad wasn't too much on me, but he okay. gave me enough. I was blessed to have a great family atmosphere growing up. They both supported me like crazy, supported my sister and my brother. So I'm really appreciative of them. It was awesome. Are there any specific moments or stories that you can look back on that you'd say, man, that's a big part of what kept me wanting this, to play the sport into high school, into college, and thinking about the NFL now? I think the biggest thing for me was when I got to middle school, that's when I transitioned from running back to O-line because that's when I gained my weight. Going to middle school, I remember coming home every day, like, this is so hard. This is horrible. And that's when my mom would come into play and she'd be like, just keep fighting, just keep fighting. And my dad would be, all right, quit. What are you going to do? You know, the tough loves. He always supported me and everything. So I think that transition from elementary school, obviously going to middle school, that was a big thing. And going into high school, I started out, obviously, freshman, then to JV, and then I think yeah. just pushing myself. I just started realizing more and more every year as I got better that I love this thing, so I kept it going. Let's focus on your playing years in high school. Who had the biggest impact outside of your family on the type of player that you became, the type of teammate that you became? I would say 100% my line coach. He was the hardest person on me, but it made me the man I am today. Matt Gray, he's now currently the head coach at Mentor High School. He pushed me every single day. Had some days where I wanted to punch walls. He always makes jokes with me. He would get on me. I can't thank that guy enough for everything he's done for me. He's definitely going to be a part of my life for the rest of my life. I just saw him when I went home for spring break, went out to eat. So he's an awesome guy. I love hearing that. What are one or two of the things that you recall very vividly about Coach Gray that he did or said that have really stayed with you as you transitioned into D1 football? I can't think of a specific thing he said to me, but I just remember meeting with him at Mentor when I first came back and yeah. my dad was with me and he just sat down and talked with me and he told me he thinks I have a bright future. But from that point forward, after that, it was a tough love. And then I remember getting in the first day, we were hitting the pads with the rest of the O-line and Mentor and I was just like barely slapping this thing and everyone was laughing at me. They were being hard on me, but as I got closer to everyone, it just I went with it and it was awesome. Coming out of high school, I mean, you had a ton of press. I mean, you were ranked one of the top offensive linemen, offensive guards in the entire country. What's it like to get so much attention at such a young age when you're really trying to find who you are as a young man and what your core values are? Even going through high school, I wasn't sure until really my junior year that I was going to play college football. So when I got that first offer from Bowling Green, 
I remember I, I was in the parking lot. I called my brother and mom first, and I just broke down. I was like, no way. This is happening. And I was like, I'm doing this thing. I'm doing it. It was crazy. I think I had my times where I was really up on it, and then the times I was stressed out. And I think the time I was most stressed out was deciding to go early or not to college. And that was a big decision for me coming out of high school, and I'm so happy that I did it because I think I got a good experience from that first spring I was here. What was going through your mind at that time when you were making that decision to show up early? I want to stay home with my friends for this last semester of high school. <laughs> that was the biggest thing. But then my head coach at the time, Steve Trevisano, he was like, what are you going to do? You're going to stay here and do what? Just party for your last semester? Yeah. You got to go. You got to take your shot. And Mr. Trubisky, who came out of Mentor, he went early to UNC. So that kind of motivated me Oh, that's me to do right. It. Yeah. Sue, you're wrapping up your senior year in high school. You had a great, great season. Walk us through the decision-making process to pick Coach D'Antonio in Michigan State football at that time. Michigan State was my first big offer. And I remember when I got that offer, I got a call in my weight room, and I was like, that's crazy. So I went back in the weight room. Everyone went hype with me. And then I had two visits planned that week. Friday went to Toledo because I was staying in the MAC. That's where I was. The next day I called my coach. I was like, I kind of like Toledo. I wasn't sure completely what to do. This was new to me. He goes, you got to visit Michigan State. What are you doing? I get to Michigan State. First off, I saw someone hop off the bus, like another recruit. I was like, that dude's huge. What? What am I doing? <laughs> then I get here and I sit down in the media room. I look at my parents. I was like, this is a like, cliche. I feel like everyone says this, but I literally looked at my parents and I go, I'm going to go here. This is awesome. This is crazy. This was the only Power 5 school I visited. Took one visit. Who extended the offer to you? It was Coach Staten at the time. He's okay. now at Toledo, which is kind of funny. So you're preparing to arrive on campus. Any fond memories or moments that you recall when you were getting ready to come to Michigan State? I was up and down. I remember that last month. One day I'd be like, let's go. I'm going to college. The next day I'd be like, I don't want to leave. I'm not ready to go yet. <laughs> I don't want to leave. Yeah, I'm just being honest. I'm getting I, free haircuts for my mom, exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, now I got to drive four hours to get my haircut. That's crazy. I don't want to find a barber. I have to pay God 30 bucks. But it was up and down. And then I remember eventually I settled in. And then once I got here, my parents stayed with me for a week in a hotel so they were there. They were still in my presence. And I went to my dorm for the first night. I called my mom. We still talk about this all the time. She gets teary-eyed every time we talk about it. I was like, Mom, I got this. I'm going to do this thing. Next day they leave. I call her. I'm like, I can't do this. This is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm really close to my family, so it was tough on me at first. And I remember leaving to say goodbye. I'm hugging everyone. Everyone's getting teary-eyed. My dad gives me a hug and goes, all right, we're not going to be crying right now. I was like, you're right, Dad. <laughs> they support me like crazy. But it was a up and down feeling for sure. The best way to describe oh, it. Oh, I love that fact that you shared that. Yeah. I'm sure four out of five guys go through that. Just so no one ever admits that. Not everyone's willing to share it, but I mean, I'm where I'm at now, so I have no problem sharing my experience with the world. I love that. So you get on campus. Who's the first teammate that really showed you what it meant to be a pro, to be a great teammate? I would say someone I looked at was Kenny Willekes, who's on the Vikings, just re-signed. I still, to this day, as I'm getting more vocal and I'm more of a leader nowadays. I still think back to one time in the weight room, he was wearing a towel around his head, just going crazy, lifting up a 100-pound dumbbell, which I thought was crazy at the time. And he's just like rowing this thing. And then he starts curling it, all this stuff. And I'm like, that's a dog. So I think from that point forward, I still strive to be like him every single day. He's a dog. And obviously those other guys, Mike Panishik, Raekwon, there's a theme there, the D-line. They were, they were some dogs. They all 
motivated me to be the best I could be. And O-line-wise, Matt Allen was someone that took me under his wing right away. He was helping me. Cole Chewins at the time when he was here, he was a super smart guy, and he took me under his wing a little bit. And then I just talked to Kevin the other day, Kevin Jarvis, and he said some things to me when I first got here saying he could see me in the NFL one day, and that motivated me. And I still think about that every single day. So all those guys gave me great motivation to be here. I'm a huge fan of our friends at Sport of Kings out in L.A., and as a listener of this show, you've got to check them out. Sport of Kings is an L.A.-based clothing brand that was started by two surfers and longtime friends. The story's incredible. They carry a wide range of premium tees, hoodies, sweats, caps, and more, and they're designed in-house, folks, made locally in Los Angeles and Orange County. Samantha and Ava and Atlas say, Dad, you're either in a blue suit and white shirt or Sport of Kings. And they're right. That's about it. Don't forget, Sport of Kings is a homegrown brand focused on quality over quantity. And if you go check them out online at S-O-K-F-Y. So basically, Sport of Kings Forever Young, S-O-K-F-Y dot com and use the promo code PODIUM. You'll receive 20% off your entire order. Again, that's SOKFY.com and use the promo code PODIUM at checkout for 20% off. And now back to the show. What are one or two habits or disciplines that immediately changed for you that you said, hey, I need to just start doing this because I'm never going to get through this system alive if I don't. Time management and my nutrition. Time management. Time management is still something I'm consistently working on. I think we have such long days. I get in bad habits still sometimes taking naps when I shouldn't. So I think the biggest thing is just writing a schedule for yourself. I try to keep a schedule on my fridge of everything I got to do. I try to get things done as fast as I can. I do procrastinate at times, but that's huge because when we have early mornings, you can't be up all night. And sometimes if you have homework to do, you're, you're staying up all night and then you're losing sleep. So that's the biggest thing. In high school, I was able to stay up all night and then go to practice and be fine. But now you're going against competition that everybody's a great player. Mm-hmm. So you don't have any room for error. And that's what mm-hmm. I learned really quick. I really like what you said there about time management. The idea of writing down everything that you intend and commit to do that day. I've often said, especially in business, if it's not written, it's not real. Intentions don't really come to fruition. So write it down, check the box, next. Absolutely. I agree with that completely. I love that. Unpack the nutrition comment. Nowadays, with Amber Reinstein, that she's here, she's done a tremendous job with us. She's the head of nutrition. I remember I couldn't I couldn't get past forever. I was 32% body fat, and that was like a big huh. thing for me. And that was like the ongoing joke because – I never knew how because I was never like super out of shape or anything. I just kept trusting the process. And then when she came in here in 2020, she got us on the right track, you know, made me motivated to want to care about my nutrition a little bit more. So even going into my sophomore year, that was huge for me. This past summer was the first time I ever saw 23% on the machine. So I was really happy with that. And I owe that to her. That had to feel good. What would you say is something that you've underestimated? about playing division one college football that you'd say, Hey man, like that was kind of a wake up moment for me. And I'm glad that I woke up and I've made some adjustments for that. I would say the speed of the game would be the biggest thing, but I don't know if I really underestimated it. I just didn't expect it completely. So I think coming in the spring, I was 17. I started my first game by age of 18. So I was still young 
the speed of the game was so much quicker than high school. So that was probably the biggest thing for me that I had to learn quick because I was here in the spring in 2019. Hardest hit you took when you first got here? I had a lot of them. Noah Harvey, when he was here, he was a dog. That dude was strong. I remember he came in. I rolled my ankle. He came down on a blitz. I think they were running like an X blitz or something. I was playing tackle time. He came down on a blitz and like I rolled my ankle up because he hit me so hard. And I remember every time I had a block in with 17, I was like, I'm just bracing for impact. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really coming with anything crazy. So I would say respect to him. That dude's a great dude. He great player, great dude. He definitely delivered a pretty hard hit. I've had some in the day, you know. I can't think of them all. Probably because I had too many hard hits in my day. I probably can't think of them all. So when I think about this coming season, I feel like there's just so much unfinished business for your class. In that final class, that senior class that's coming in this year to play the last season at Michigan State in East Lansing, who are the leaders? I think the biggest ones are, I'll count myself in there. JD, he's a huge leader for us. I still listen to him. I can follow just as well as I lead. Trey Mosley, leading the receiver room. He's a great leader for us. I see Cal Holiday in the linebacker room, as well as Jacoby Women. They're great players, and they're great leaders, and everyone trusts in the, in the secondary there. And then D-line-wise, J.J. Jackson just came in. I think he's a great leader. And then Sim's a class below me, but Sim, I think, is a great leader in Maverick. Maverick's from my class, so I think he's just been a guy that's going to be a dog all the time, and he's going to work his workers' butt off every single play. So I think those are the main leaders that I could think of going into the season. What's it been like to transition from playing for one of the greatest college football coaches in Coach D'Antonio to Coach Tucker, who's well on his way to that type of recognition and respect as well? I think they rolled into it very like well, especially going to that 2020 season when everything was via Zoom. That was tough for us because we have a new staff. Now we're only able to meet electronically, so that was hard at first. But they've done a great job with us so far. I had a great time with Coach D and that staff. I was very sad when Jim Bowman left because he was an awesome dude. He still texts us before every single game. I so love that. He's an awesome dude. I wish him all the best. I hope he's doing great. But obviously with Coach Cap coming in, he's a great coach, and I love that guy. I trust everything he says to us, and Coach Tucker's doing a great job with us, and I believe that this year is going to be the year for us. What are one or two things that really stand out to you about Coach Tucker? When we first got here, when he first entered the meeting room, he had that voice right away. You could tell when guys' heads turn. You know when mm-hmm. someone's about it. And I think instantly, because for that time, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know who our head coach was going to be. So when he first walked in, he had some words to say to us. And I think right away, we all trusted him. And obviously, when we first came back after COVID, they did a great job handling that too, by the way, with the Zoom and everything, because it was difficult. So I think just the leadership he showed doing that for us and making sure we were not staying on top of our stuff. And when we got back, we hit the ground running like we've been here. So I think it was good. When you think about coming back for this fifth and final year, what are one or two things that you're really committed to making certain happen for you? I think the biggest thing is just improving all my techniques in every single aspect of my game. I think the biggest thing for me that I love doing is being in open space and blocking DBs in open space. And so I'm just trying to become the most athletic I can be this year while maintaining my weight. So that was always a big thing for me, keeping a strong base in my body to be able to stop players in a point of contact. So I'm just trying to get strong, gain my weight while still being athletic. And I think that's something I'm really taking pride in this year, doing the extra work, the extra film study, everything I got to do to commit myself to being the best player I can be this year. Is there someone on your team that just really, really inspires others? A quiet leader, someone who it's action, not words, that people just respect? The body man, Cal Holiday. Wears no wrist tape, wears nothing on his hands, nothing on his arms. I don't know how he does it. That dude will come down and he will lay a stick 
on anybody. It doesn't matter how big you are. And I think he's not the loudest guy in the room, but he grew up on a farm. So he's just one of those dudes that you respect him. He's going to put that hard work in. He's going to hit you. Going back to the big hits, he just hit me the other day in practice and kind of rocked me a little bit. So yeah, <laughs> it, still, it still happens pretty, you know. We get our shots in on each other, which is good. We're making each other tougher. So Cal Holiday is a dog. Let's pivot to this last sort of bucket that I wanted to unpack with you today, the NFL. Where's your head at right now on that? That's a dream. Right now, I'm trying to be the best player I could be this year for this team. That's my you. main focus. And then I know what I can do for myself and for my team this year. That will all happen for me. I have full confidence in myself it's going to happen. I'm excited for it. You know, just trying to trust the process every single day. But that is a dream of mine, and I can't wait to do it. Winning season, you absolutely ball out. You have a ton of attention. What are the two to three things you're really going to obsess about as soon as you take your last snap in East Lansing to get ready for that next level? I think the biggest thing, like I said, just maintaining my weight, getting stronger and faster. I would like to perform well at Pro Day in the Combine if you know I'm blessed to be there. And that's the biggest thing. I want to find somewhere where I can train, perfect my craft at O-line, but also train to get my body in the right shape that it needs to be to perform at a pro day. So I think when that season ends, I think I'm just going to hit the ground running right away, start training, and do everything I can to get where I need to be. I love that. Growing up in Ohio, did you have a childhood dream of playing somewhere specific? Probably just the Browns. I think now it would either be somewhere warm or Cleveland, just like (laughs) staying home with the fam. I think that'd be cool. Everyone wants to play in Miami and Tampa Bay. Somewhere warm. But I will say, though, playing in Miami in 2021, that was the hottest game I ever played in. So I I don't know if that'd be the greatest thing (laughs) in the world. I'm I'm cool staying in Cleveland. Go back to running back. I'll be blessed to go anywhere that wants to take me. I love that. You make it to the NFL. You sign your first contract, your rookie contract. What's the first thing that you are doing to celebrate that moment? For me? I'll probably buy a nice house. I don't don't know. (laughs) Help retire my parents. Shout out mom and dad. I love you guys. I don't know. This is is not a crying moment, Mr. Mrs. (laughs) Samak. This is not a crying moment. Just get in the house, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) As you think about finishing a strong senior season, a fifth season here at Michigan State, and getting to the NFL, what's something that teams, organizations, and coaches should know about you? That'll help them make a great decision when the draft gets here. I think the biggest thing for me is that I've been through adversity, even in high school football. I don't think I was always on the top, but I wanted to work my way to get to where I wanted to be. So I'm always willing to fight through adversity and be the hardest worker in the room and try to be the loudest voice in the room at all times, as well as be able to follow and learn from guys ahead of me. So I think I'm going to be a student of the game, and I'm also going to fight through adversity in every aspect of my game. I love that you said that, student of the game. Right. We often talk about how the war is won in the mind. You've got to be built for that moment up here first before you worry about that freight train body you got. NFL, you play a bunch of years. It's incredible. It's like a storybook movie that plays out for you. What's after football? I would love to do some of the music. I love to pick up my guitar in my free time, <laughs> dabble with the guitar, playing at my friend's wedding this weekend, so I'm excited to do that. What song are you playing? I'm going to be playing an acoustic version of Marry Me by Jason Derulo. I've been working on it every day when I have some free time, so I'm excited to do that. Why did we not have him bring his guitar? <laughs> what is wrong? Hey, we didn't prep well. <laughs> hey, you can have me on again, bring the gold mics back, and I'll be back. We're going to do that. Let's We're going to do that. I'm going to get you one first, though, right? Be I owe yeah, you a gold mic awesome. first. I'd appreciate that. Man, this was incredible. Let's wrap up with one final question. When you're done here, 
how do you want to be remembered for having played at Michigan State? A dog. Someone that was a dog and was always the hardest worker in the room. But I was also kind to people outside of here. I love greeting people. I just love seeing people and making conversation with good people and making good connections. So I, I just like to be remembered as a great person and a, and a dog. Man, I love it. And hey, folks, I will tell you right now, when I arrived, I'm standing in the foyer of the building and Nick came through. My first thought was, why am I so short compared to these young men? But the second thing that happened was he greeted me and I didn't know who he was and we'd not met before today. So I love that. Hey, Nick Samak, one of the top, top offensive linemen that came out of the state of Ohio a half decade ago, came and played D1 football here at Michigan State. Incredible story. Loved having you on the show. Thank you so much. I love being here. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Manny. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks again to my guest, Nick Samak. Connect with Nick on Instagram at Nick, N-I-C-K underscore Samak, S-A-M-A-C. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to follow us, rate and review the podcast at the podium on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow the show on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at podium underscore podcast. Post about the show on social and tag us, and we'll repost and share with our gratitude. Also, consider telling a friend about the show. Friend to friend is still the best way to get the word out. It's how I met my wife, and it's how I got my job as CEO of Mass Mutual Great Lakes. See you next time.